Now, we've been on a series uh, for the past three months looking at uh, the person and presence of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why we focus, this is going to be our last sermon on it uh, as we enter into 2016. The reason why we focused on the person and, and presence of the Holy Spirit over the past three months was because there's been a beautiful groundswell of interest and passion in our church as it pertains to the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. So we wanted to fan into flame that which was growing in our church as well as give a theological framework to inform our, our life in the Spirit. And the reason why we wanted to uh, unpack this for three months was because of the three postures uh, that Christians tend to have, that churches tend to have as it pertains to the Holy Spirit. The first posture, if you recall, was that the church or Christians tend to forget the Spirit. We forget the Spirit. It was Stephen Olford who said that if the sin of the Old Testament was a rejection of God and the sin of the New Testament was a rejection of Jesus, then the sin of our time is a rejection of the Holy Spirit. It's very easy for churches to do ministry without the Holy Spirit. It's very easy for us to try to live our lives without the presence and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so the first posture is that we forget God. The second posture is that we are fearful of the Spirit, that some of us have seen some crazy things done in the name of Jesus, and we're just like, I don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Thank you. That may be for some other church, maybe for some other Christian, and yet we don't have to be afraid of the Spirit. And the third posture that the church or Christians tend to have is we tend to be forceful with the Spirit, that you better do it this way, and if the Spirit doesn't come in this way, then it's not the real Holy Spirit. But what we want to have is an appropriate focus on the Spirit that leads to freedom that the Spirit wants to give us. And so today is going to be a summary of where we have been. So let's pray. Let's invite the Spirit to speak to us as we enter into our time together. Father, thank you for the presence of your Spirit in this place, the Spirit of your Son, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that as we close out 2015 and look towards 2016, that you would empower us afresh today. Give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, give us a heart to receive every good gift you have for us this day. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. I recently heard an interesting connection between uh, a caterpillar and the change that someone undergoes when the Spirit of God enters them. A caterpillar experiences a, a metamorphosis, a radical transformation from the inside out. And could you imagine for a moment if we can psychoanalyze a caterpillar for a moment, put the caterpillar on, on the sofa there and psychoanalyze, could you imagine the confusion a caterpillar might experience through its lifetime? For all of its uh, caterpillar life, uh, it, it just walks around or crawls around a small patch of dirt and up and down a few plants. And then one day, a caterpillar takes a nap, a very long nap. And then what goes through the caterpillar's head when it wakes up changed, looking different than how it was when it went to sleep. Could you imagine when the caterpillar wakes up, awakens, that now it can fly when before it only can crawl. Now it looks beautiful when before it just looked like this wormy thing slithering through the ground. What goes through the mind of a caterpillar when it wakes up and experiences this kind of metamorphosis, this kind of transformation? I would say that if I was a caterpillar, I would probably wake up astonished 
by this new reality. Astonishment is probably the word. And here's the connection. As followers of Christ, we ought to experience the same kind of astonishment when the Holy Spirit enters into our lives. We should be stunned that because of the grace of God, we are a new creation because in in some respect, we're the same caterpillar. And yet something has happened to us. Something has happened to us from the inside out. Now we have an ability to fly where before we only could crawl. Now we have an ability to look beautiful when before we just slithered through the ground. We should be excited about the spirit-empowered ability and activity to live differently in the world. But all too often, we live our lives just content with just crawling around as opposed to uh, flying in the way of the Spirit. Or said it this way, we too easily settle for uh, a lack of experience and lack of expression of God's Spirit in our lives. And so throughout the last three months, we've basically been asking this question, how do we experience and express the power of God in our world? How do we experience it and express it to our world? That's been the core of our Holy Spirit series. The key to our discipleship, the key to our success as followers of Jesus, the key to the fruit of the Spirit is our simple reliance on the Holy Spirit. Not a reliance on ourselves, not a reliance on our own energies, not a reliance on our own intellect, a simple reliance on the Holy Spirit. And as we rely on the Holy Spirit, the Spirit does stuff in us that we could never do on our own. So this is what I want to do today. I want to give you a a simple review focusing on the four core truths for the last three months that we've been in this series. And here's the beautiful part about it. For some of us, it's just going to be a refresher, a reminder. And most of us need to be reminded more than we need to be instructed. You're going to be reminded of some important truths. And this is good for me because, listen, I spend hours crafting 30, 35-minute sermons, and then I forget what I just preached the week before. I can't imagine the stuff. You all, you forgot what I said last week. And so this is a really great refresher for all of us over the past three months. And for some of you, get this, that have been here, maybe this is your first time, you're going to get three months of sermons in 30 minutes, all right? Three months of sermons in 30 minutes is not a spiritual diet that I recommend, but... You're going to get three months of sermons in 30 minutes. And then at the end of our time, we're going to have a a, a time of anointing for everyone in this room who would like to be anointed with oil as a sign of God's presence and empowerment as we go into 2016. And so here are the four uh, truths that I want us to uh, gather as we enter into 2016, as we close 2015, as we close this series. And here's the first one that's really important. That is the spirit is the promise of God's presence. The spirit from Genesis to Revelation, the spirit of God is the promise of God's presence. And really that word presence is the word I want you to grasp. Presence, God's presence. There are a few things in this world that's more important than presence. And just so I'm clear, and I'm not talking about the presence you just received a couple of days ago. I'm talking about the presence of God, the, the God being with us. Nothing can take the place of presence. You can give gifts to your wife and your children, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friend. But if you don't offer your presence, something is missing. Many people try to compensate for their lack of presence, being with someone by giving them presence. But nothing can replace the presence we give each other. When a loved one passes away, the thing we miss most is their presence, who they were, being next to you. 
When we are ill in the hospital, balloons are nice and, and cards, they lift our spirits. But nothing is as comforting as someone just being with you, sitting at your bedside, present. When we celebrate the joys of life, when someone gets married, when there's a graduation, when there's a, a moment of celebration, what we really want is presence. This is why when someone doesn't attend, a significant person doesn't attend a celebratory moment with you, it hurts you. Why? Because we all long for presence. When we go through the downs of life, we long for presence. As a pastor, I've learned that when people are going through hard times, they don't need a sermon, they don't need words. What they need is simple presence. It's safe to say that Christianity is the story of presence. It's the story of God's faithful and unending presence with his people. And so we began, if you recall, in John chapter 16, where in light of this reality that God, that Christianity is the story of God's presence with us, Jesus uh, makes this staggering statement where he says these words, the best thing that I could, could ever happen to you is for me to go away. How could this be possible? Because what the disciples wanted at that moment is Jesus' presence. And Jesus is saying, I got to go. And what could be better than the physical presence of Jesus? Most of us, if we had to choose between having the invisible presence of Jesus inside of us or having Jesus walking alongside of us, we would say, give me Jesus. I can let me have a hamburger sandwich. I can just see him. I can touch him. We can, we can have a good time. Too. We would prefer the physical presence of Jesus. But Jesus says, it's better that I leave. Because Jesus understood, it's one thing for me to walk alongside of you. It's another thing for me to be inside of you. And Jesus left so that he can send the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. You, if you are a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. It's a staggering reality. Think about this for a moment. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in your mortal bodies. If that doesn't make you do backflips every once in a while, I don't know what will. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead, physically resurrected Christ from the dead, lives inside of you. And so here's the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is that God doesn't just want to dwell with us. God wants to dwell in us. And here's the beautiful thing as we enter into 2016, because the spirit of God is inside of you. You are never alone. And because you're never alone, there's nothing to fear. That whatever's waiting for you in 2016, the reality is there's some stuff in 2015 that's going to be waiting for you in 2016. I wish there was a, just a clean break. The reality is there's, there's no clean break sometimes. But here's the beautiful thing about it. Whatever's waiting for you in 2016, because God is inside of you, there's nothing to be afraid. Because he is with you. You are never alone. And so the, the core truth that we want to get that from Genesis to Revelation is that the, the Spirit of God is the promise of God's presence. God longs to be with you. God longs to be in you so much so that he became flesh, so much so that he was raised from the dead and sent his Spirit to live inside of us. The Spirit of God is the promise of God's presence. The second truth that we covered is, 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 this is the one that I want to capture here, is that what is the Holy Spirit's central task? If the Holy Spirit is the promise of God's presence, what then is the Holy Spirit's central task? Here is the Holy Spirit's central task. The Holy Spirit's central task is to point to Jesus. That is the central task 
of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is radically other-centered and wants us to be radically other-centered as well. The Holy Spirit's primary task is to point to Jesus, to glorify Jesus. In the same way, as I mentioned, that Ed McMahon was for Johnny Carson. If we remember Ed McMahon, Ed McMahon was a great entertainer in his own right. But when he joined Johnny Carson, he had one task and one task only. And it happened every time the show began where he would just simply say, here's Johnny, you know, and then and look to Johnny. Just the man, focus your attention on him. Ed McMahon was a great entertainer in his own right. But his primary task was to point to Johnny. That's the Spirit's task, to point, not to Johnny, to point to Jesus. The Spirit says, here's Jesus. And so whenever, whenever we start, folk, whenever our central task in life becomes about anything but pointing to Jesus, we're missing out on what the Spirit wants to do inside of us. When our central task is about making money, when our central task is about making a name for ourselves, when our central task is not about making Jesus the centrality of our lives, we're not being motivated by the Holy Spirit. But our role as followers of Jesus should simply be to point to Jesus that when people see our lives, they basically hear us saying, here's Jesus. The Spirit's central task is to point to Jesus. Another way of saying it is this, that the Holy Spirit is most present when Jesus is most central. That the Spirit is most present when Jesus is most central. Most of us, we have our theologies of how do you know when the Holy Spirit is present in a room? How do you know? And most of us would say, well, if someone gets healed from a sickness, we say the Holy Spirit's in the room. And the Holy Spirit is in the room. When we say a miracle just took place, we say the Holy Spirit is in the room. And the Holy Spirit is in the room. We see some kind of a manifestation of the power of God and the presence of God, and we say the Holy Spirit's in the room, and the Holy Spirit is in the room. But the, the, most, the, the most striking reality of how do you know the, present, the Spirit of God is present is this. Jesus Christ is most central. When Jesus Christ is proclaimed, the centrality of Jesus is, is magnified to the world, that's how you know the Holy Spirit is most present in our midst. Because we can easily fall after the, the things that Jesus gives and focus on that rather than focus on who Jesus is himself. Wanting what Jesus gives rather than wanting Jesus. And so the spirit is most present when Jesus is most central. And the invitation for us as followers of Jesus who, and, and, and whom the Holy Spirit dwells in has been to make our primary goal in life to be about the person and work of Jesus Christ. And may that be our conviction as we go into 2016. May, may, may all, when we think about our, our resolutions and our goals for 2016, by the grace of God, may the, my primary resolution be, Lord, I want you to be most central in my life. Teach me to follow in your way. The Holy Spirit is most present when Jesus is most central. Life very easily becomes about us, about our money, about our status, about our career, about our accomplishments. And but if we learned anything about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit wants us to point to Jesus. And this should be uh, our desire for 2016. And so the Spirit, its role is to point to Jesus. That's the second truth here as we close out this year. The third truth from our series here is, is that the Holy Spirit 
offers us not just his presence, but his presence. And I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. No, he just doesn't offer us presence, but presence. You would think that the Holy Spirit's presence being with us would be enough, but God is so generous. Not only does he give us his presence, he gives us presence. And I love how Pete said it, because the Spirit of God is inside of you, you're incredible. And not only are you incredible, you're surrounded by incredible people because of the gifts that the Holy Spirit has deposited in us. The Spirit offers us presence and presence. And the presence that he gives us, the second presence there, is not simply for us, for our enjoyment. It's for the blessing of other people. God gives you gifts so that you can give it to someone else. Imagine telling your child that a couple of days ago. How a couple of days ago, I guess, and, and my son Nathan, and he doesn't really know what's happening. He just wants to play with the cardboard and eat some paper. Uh, but, but Karis, if I told Karis, Karis, I got you this gift. But this gift isn't for you. It's for you to bless somebody else with. She goes, uh-uh, this gift is for me. This gift is for me. But the gift isn't for you. And it's not your gift. It's the Spirit's gift. And the Spirit wants, he has given it to you for the blessing of others. And here's, if you recall, here's the other beautiful thing about the presence of the Spirit. That, the, that God gives you gifts, not because you've been good, but because God is good. You know, that's Santa Claus. If you're good, you get something. If you're bad, maybe next year. But that's not how the Holy Spirit works. The Spirit of God gives you gifts based on his goodness, not on your goodness. That's why, as we talked about the book of 1 Corinthians, that was the craziest, most carnal church in all of the New Testament. And yet they were the most gifted in the New Testament. And I only can conclude that God gives gifts not on, based on our goodness, but based on God's goodness. And the gifts that God gives us are for the empowerment of our church for the blessing of those around us to do things inside of us that we could not do on our own. And so a spiritual gift is an expression of the Holy Spirit that empowers a follower of Christ to strengthen the body of Christ, to be witnesses to the kingdom of God. And our gifts are meant to be used to empower us to do things we could not do on our own. Some time ago, I was reading an article about a 12-year-old boy who was pinned under a car. And when the mother of the child heard the scream of the boy, she ran over to the car and was able to lift the car just a couple of inches to allow this little boy to just slide out and survive. And, and she was able to do something uh, that, that she did not deem was possible, but the moment, the urgency of the moment called for some kind of power beyond her natural ability. A psychologist called that fight or flight syndrome, where they're, when, when faced with a high intense pressure kind of situation, your body releases a surge of adrenaline to do what you could not do on your own. And when the urgency of a situation calls for it, you're able to operate in a power that you could not operate on a regular day. Listen, I believe as we enter into 2016, the Holy Spirit wants to give us a surge of his power to do things that we could not do on our own. This is why he gives you gifts of the spirit to do what you could not do on your own. The question is, are we using our gifts as we enter into 2016? Are we operating in the gifts? What gives God most joy is that when his sons and daughters unwrap the gifts 
and begin to use them. Let's pack a couple of days ago when I saw my children opening the gifts and, and I saw Nathan take his little car and go vroom, vroom, vroom. I was like, oh, he's going vroom, vroom, vroom. Isn't this beautiful? He's just rooming around the house and breaking stuff and, and vroom, 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 vroom. That's all he did, vroom, vroom, vroom. And my heart is just like, oh, bless. Oh, look at the little boy vroom, vroom, vrooming around the house. Why? Because when you, when you offer a gift and someone opens it and appreciates it and uses it, there's something that happens inside of you. And yet what makes God most joy is when we give, when we open the gifts that God has given us and use them. And what grieves God most is when we receive gifts but don't open them. And not only don't open them, we don't use them. Could you imagine a couple of days ago you spent your time thinking about a specific gift for someone? You gave them the gift. You're waiting for them to open it in front of you so you can see the smile on their face. And they go, I'll, I'll open it later. You go, later when? Later when? Like, wait, when? I want to see you when you open it. I want to see. And, and uh, maybe in a couple of hours. A couple of hours go by, they don't open it. They're going, when are you going to open this thing? I, I spent a lot of money. When are you going to open this thing here? And, and uh, maybe tomorrow. Okay, I'll come over tomorrow. I'll come over tomorrow. Oh, you still haven't opened your gift. What's, what's going on? Ah, I'll, I'll get to it. I'm a little busy. I'm a little busy. You know, a New Year's comes. Have you opened the gift yet? Ah, Valentine's Day. Have you opened the gift yet? Easter comes. What's going on here? Have you opened the gift yet? Why don't you give me back the gift? I'll just keep myself. <laughs> what? And there's something wrong with that picture, isn't it? Because when you give a gift, the gift is meant to be opened. The gift is meant to be used. The gift is meant to be vroom, vroom, vroomed around. And yet, what grieves the heart of God is that all of you in this room, all of you, all if you call Jesus Lord, all of you in this room have been given a unique combination of gifts. Every one of you. You are incredible, and the people around you are incredible. But until we take the time to open our gifts, to operate in our gifts, whatever they might be, if we don't do that, we grieve the heart of God. May 2016 be a year where we begin to find our place at New Life, find our place in our local community. Find our place to operate in the gifts that God has given us. And let me tell you, nothing gives God more joy than you operating in the gifts that he has given you. The Holy Spirit gives you not just presence, but the Holy Spirit gives you presence. And finally, this is what I want to uh, have us remember as we close out 2015. And then we're going to have a time of anointing for everyone. That God is with us and has empowered us to be his witnesses. We are called to be empowered witnesses. But the Holy Spirit didn't come simply for the enjoyment of the church. The Holy Spirit came for the empowerment of the church. The Holy Spirit didn't come so we can have some goosebumps and feel good about the time of worship and all that stuff there. All that stuff is wonderful. But the Holy Spirit didn't come for us to enjoy just the Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to empower the church, to empower us to be his witnesses, to empower us to show that there is another way of being in the world, to empower us to show a kind of power that the world knows nothing about, to empower us to, to show the world the love that the world knows nothing about, to show the world the grace that the world knows nothing about, to show the world a compassion that the world knows nothing about. He has called us to be his empowered witnesses. And so we, we looked at Acts 1, which says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He doesn't say you will receive good feelings when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive goosebumps when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Oh, yes, that's what I want, goosebumps. No, he gives you power. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
Judea, Samaria, to the farthest places on earth. And so here it is. The Spirit of God is the presence, the, the promise of God's presence. The Spirit's central task is to very simply point to Jesus. The Spirit offers us not just presence, but presence. And the Spirit empowers us to be his witnesses. And as we go into 2016, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would, would, would fall on us in a fresh way for whatever we need in our lives. Now, before we go into our time of anointing over everyone here, I want to bring up a specific verse that will inform this here. I want you to see uh, out of Luke chapter 4, words that Jesus says. When Jesus started his ministry, he made it clear that he did it in the power of the Spirit. Jesus did lived life in the power of the Spirit. And the same Spirit that is in Jesus is inside of you. And so I want to close by really pronouncing this scripture over you. This is what Jesus says. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. And we're in a moment, we're going to have a time of anointing. Anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And what was true for Jesus is true for you. If the Spirit of God was on Jesus and if Jesus is inside of you, what, is, what Jesus says about himself here is to be true for every one of us in this room as well. And so could you imagine if this became your verse for 2016? Could you imagine if in the month of your resolution was to basically do this? My resolution is to live this way, that the Spirit of God is upon you in this room because he has anointed you, every, my brothers and sisters, he's anointed all of you in this room to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you. He didn't send just the person next to you. He sent you to proclaim freedom for prisoners. He has sent you for the recovery of sight for the blind. He has sent you to set the oppressed free. He has sent you to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Not the person next to you, you as well. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And so this is how I want us to end. I want to invite the worship team to come forward. And basically, I want to end with a time of anointing. And I want to invite the folks that are going to be anointing folks around the room to just come to your uh, area here. And basically, this is the words, that, this very simple words that they're going to say over you. And my prayer is that this would become more than just a, a symbolic gesture. I believe God wants to meet us in a very... Uh, practical empowerment way that the Spirit of God wants to fall fresh on us in this room. The Holy Spirit would empower us. And so we're going to do it like um, how we do communion. So I want to invite you all to stand with me. And when folks anoint you, they're basically going to say, they're going to lay their hands on your forehead as a sign of God's presence. And the oil is a sign of God's presence and a sign of his empowerment over your life. And what we're gonna say is the Lord is with you. Go in the power of the Spirit. The Lord is with you. Go in the power of the Spirit. Lord, I pray today that we would encounter 
your grace and your power in a fresh way today. May we end 2015 in such a way that we have a live encounter with you. May you empower us. May you give us strength when we're feeling weak. May you give us wisdom when we don't know what to do. May this oil on our foreheads be a sign of your presence, of your power. May you do in us what we cannot do on our own. We offer this time to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said. Liz, if you can put that uh, caterpillar back on the screen there. This is basically our life without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in us. We're just crawling around, trying to get by, slow, just, I mean, this just, we're just trying to get by. But when the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, when the empowerment of the Spirit comes inside of us, there, there's a life that, that begins to take place in our lives. There's an empowerment. There's something now that you can do that you could not do in your own strength, in your own energy. There's a beauty to your life when the Spirit of God fills you. And at the end of 2015, the only thing I can conclude is, apart from me, this is what Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We say, well, Lord, well, I made a lot of money last year. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, I did a lot of, apart from me, you can't do anything. And that's how I want to end 2015. That's how I want to begin with, 20, with the, that kind of reliance upon God. Apart from him, I can do nothing. But with him, all things are possible. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to stay. The Spirit of God, as we enter into 2016, wants to empower you to do things that you could not do in your own strength at the workplace, at home, in school, to empower you. And so as we close, the prayer team, I invite the prayer team to come forward for those of you that would like to receive additional prayer. We have the Lord's table to my right, where we take bread and we dip it in the cup as a reminder that he's present, that he's here with you. His body was broken, his blood was poured out so that you may have life, so that you may be filled with his spirit. And so you can take bread and dip in a cup or you can receive prayer on this side here. But as we close, I want to invite you to open your hands towards heaven as a sign of receiving. Downstairs, uh, you can register for the New Year's Eve party. There's some popcorn and everything, some refreshments in the shell room. Um, But maybe end 2015 was a sense of God's presence and a reliance on his presence to do things that we could not do in our own strength. So with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he shine his face upon you. May he fill you with peace. May you walk out of this building in the power of the Holy Spirit with a deeper reliance on Jesus. And may he fill you to overflow. May he empower you to do what you cannot do in your own strength. And so on this last Sunday of 2015, I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the resurrected name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the people of God said, amen. Grace and peace, everyone.